need to just rest in what we've just been making here, a presence that's really tangible. Um, so I am just going to jump in and just let you know that this message is based on a word. It's not a teaching that I developed through studying the word or anything. I believe the Lord gave me this word, and so I'll just share it. It was in March. I'll just share what he said, and then we'll go from there. Violence is spreading across this nation. Like a roaring lion, Satan wants to devour America. This nation is a gift to the church that the church has not cherished. We've abandoned and surrendered it to the enemy. It is the church's responsibility to rightly govern this nation. But thinking themselves holy, many have separated themselves, failing to see their responsibility to, the govern, to govern and rule over the gift given to the world, given to the church, to reveal Christ <coughs> to the nations. That was the end of the word that he gave me. Um, <coughs> we, we know the violence. We've been seeing it. It's interesting that this past week is before this message. Okay. I don't know why you just have me say, fear not, little flock. Okay. For he is with us. Adam and Eve were given a garden. In other words, they were given some land. Okay. And they were told in Genesis 1.28, we know this verse, but they were told to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. They were given a commission to take that garden, to fill it with the presence of the Lord, to expand it, and to rule over it. Subdue it and rule over it. There was something there to subdue if he told them to subdue it. Okay. But we know that a serpent came along, as he probably did frequently. Adam knew everything that was in that garden. And they fell. Okay. Long story short, they fell. Where? Well, in founding America, this is not going to be a political presentation, so just stay with me a little bit, okay? But it's this country I love, it's this country I live in, and it's this country that I want to see rise up to its potential and fulfill its purpose. And I truly believe that we have failed. Let's just leave that behind and go from here, okay? Let's leave that behind and go from here. And realize America was a land given. Only two nations in the world were given from, with a promise from God. And that was Israel, covenant promise, and the United States of America. Well, it was just America then, okay? But many don't realize there were covenant promises given to the founders of this nation long before our founding fathers wrote the Declaration of Independence. The first to come upon this land from, from Europe over here, 
placed a cross on the very ground. And before they even got off the Mayflower, they wrote a compact. Read it online. I don't, I'm not going to read it to you. But this land that they were coming into, you know what they were dedicating it to? The glory of the Lord. Christopher Columbus, there's a lot of questions about Christopher Columbus, but he wrote that it was the Lord that was compelling him. And the pilgrims, of course, we know that they came so that they could have freedom of religion, of, of their faith. Let me just say freedom of their faith. So we have a land built on promises with the Most High God. Promises with the Most High God don't come and go. They aren't broken by him. They are uh, everlasting, irrevocable, and without repentance. He is not sorry. He's not sorry he gave us this land in spite of what it looks like right now. He's eternal. We live in this moment. He's not upset. Okay? But we have a commission. Okay? We have a commission. Now, I believe that many in the church are waking up. But the problem with them waking up is, especially in this political um, season, is that we got to get this president out of office. We have got to get the right person in office, and we'll be okay. If we don't get the right person in office believing in God the way I believe in God, if we don't get a strong Bible-believing Christian in the presidency of our office, we're done. And our Congress, we've got to get our Congress. We've got to get the right people in Congress. Both of those are right on the natural level. But people, we have got to stop living on the natural level because our enemy is having a field day. Now, I'm going to say Obama, not our enemy. Hillary, not our enemy. Trump, not our enemy. Right. Anybody in Congress, not our enemy. Okay. But we have an enemy that is operating over this nation from the highest levels down. Um, now, there is a... so. So as they're awakening, they're looking to the government. They're looking to the government. The government, how long have we had a government? How's that working for us? You know? It's not going to redeem us. Only, we only have one redeemer. We only have one redeemer. And we have got to look above. We've got to go above now. Above the governmental authorities of this nation and go to the higher government. God is government, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and it will continue to continue eternally increasing. Okay. 
That's the government we need to step into. Now, here's the thing. As we're looking up in the governmental realm, got to get the right president, got to get the right Congress, got to get the right people. Uh, the problem is we need to start looking down. I know this one isn't going to last. I'm just kind of measuring it out. Okay, thank you. America is not going to be taken up here. America has to be taken from the bottom up. Now, where does that leave us? I hate to say this. We're on the bottom, folks. We're here on the bottom. But the bottom isn't so bad when you have the commander-of-chief moving along with you. Okay. Now, the Lord gave me Luke 19. Hmm. He actually gave it to all. It's in your Bible, too, not just mine. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking, um, occupy until I come, occupy until I come. And so I thought, well, where is that? I'm, I'm not, and I found it. And honestly, if you look in your Bible, unless you have King James, you're not going to see the word occupy. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, occupy. Okay. So I looked, and there it is. Okay. In King James 19, 13. And he called his ten servants. Ten is an important number, but we're not going to go into that. And delivered them ten pounds. Okay. And said unto them, Would you read with me, please? What did he say unto them? Occupy till I come. That was a master speaking to them. Let's do that again. Occupy until I come. Um, I have a question. Did anybody see him come down? Occupy until I come, and he has not come. He has not come, folks, so that leaves us with, okay, well, then how did we occupy? And then, Mike found this out, and some of you already know it, I was in the Army, so I kind of sometimes think in military terms, but also I'm kind of a militant intercessor, and so thinking in military terms is not a stretch for me. So I'm thinking, well, how does, how does an army occupy? Usually it's the army. Woo-hoo, hoo-ah. <laughs> Guess what branch I was in? <laughs> well, the Marines. The Marines do, uh, the Marines sometimes, but it, but, 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 but it, yeah, the Marines are there. Anyone on the ground, but really it was given, it was gi it's usually given to the army to occupy. Now, when they come in, First of all, what do you occupy? You occupy something you've defeated. Okay? You occupy the place that the enemy has been entrenched. The place that the enemy has been firing rockets from. The place that the enemy has been sending out their army from. The place where the enemy has been sending out propaganda from. The place where the enemy has been educating their children to hate America, okay? That's the land that is taken, and it, can, it cannot be occupied until it's taken. 
So that's one thing about occupation is, first you've got to take it. Now, <coughs> let me just say that <coughs> probably the most dangerous time of occupation is when you first move in. Kay? You know, they say, okay, all clear. As far as they know, it's all clear. Probably is not. <coughs> so you move in, but you haven't fully cleared it out. And so when the Army goes in, and the Marines, if they're tagging along, um, they're, they're meeting with three kinds of people. Granted, sometimes when they go in, the, the whole city is empty, but when they're actually occupying the nation then, there are several kinds of people, but there's one kind that their Redeemer has arrived. The U.S. Army, hallelujah, we love you. Thank you. There's that person. There's that person who doesn't want to give up. They liked the power that they had, okay? that they had any kind of authority over any kind of people. And, but they have, to, they have to give up because they don't have any way of fighting, and then they wait until they do. But then there's those, the military that is hung out and are hiding and ready to snipe. And they're ready, they've planted IEDs and they planted tripwires. So when they come in, that's the most dangerous time. <coughs> now when we think of these things, I want you to think in your mind about occupying. First of all, we can see that the enemy has done a great job of occupying this nation. He occupies our schools. He occupies our government. He occupies our media. He occupies our art and entertainment. He occupies our economy. And I hate to say this, but he occupies a large part of the church. Okay. He could do a great job of occupying. So we have to get wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Okay? But don't get hung up on the gentle as dove right now, people. Because there's another part of that. To be wise as a serpent. Now, I just thought of this. Why would we have to be wise as a serpent? Why would he have to say that? Because who ultimately got us to this place? Got Adam and Eve out of the garden. Got us to this place through lying. So we need to be wise as a serpent. There's, um, I'm thinking of all of these things, but I trusted the Lord. There's, um, I don't know if you've ever read, probably not, the Art of War by Sun Tzu, Chinese general, long time ago. Anybody here read it? Okay. Good book. Amazing book. <laughs> he probably was not the only one. It probably was compiled, the book that we have. It's in our library. <laughs> but here's the thing that he said, when the Lord tells us to be wise as serpents, this is... <coughs> Sun Tzu said this, in the art of war, you do not go against an enemy you do not understand. Okay? Now, this is, we better get understanding that our enemy is not flesh and blood. 
There's a, I don't know why, but go ahead and put Ephesians up there right now, if you would, please. And again, we know these scriptures, and I don't know quite how I got here from then, but we struggle. We have to remember this. We say it, but we have to understand this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against Obama. It is not against your wife. <laughs> Ladies, it's not against your husband. It's not against your friend who... Um, betrayed you it's not against your business partner that is giving you i hope this is okay to say it's giving you the shaft okay not your enemy okay our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places and heavenly places includes here because he has been cast down to our heaven and is working from there okay um You know, oh, thank you, Lord. We think America is doing great. We really do. We think we're such a big country. We really are still the strongest military in the world. Debatable. But anyhow, we think we're doing fine. I mean, look, ISIS is not in our streets beheading anybody. Right? Oh, forget about Forget about Orlando. Forget about Dallas. Well, let's not forget about it. Pray for them, okay? But I'm saying in our psyche, we don't deal with that. We deal with our lives here. We deal with our lives now. We pray for those things, but we think America is fine. We're going to pull out of this. It's okay. Well, let me just say, it's not okay but we're going to pull out of this. By grace, by grace, not through might, not through power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, okay? We are going to pull out of this, okay? And we have got to go into our territory and take it. Now, in rebuilding a nation, when they, let's go back to that occupation. We've got them in there. We've got the army in there now. And they've cleaned everything out. Well, it's just military in there. It's military. Um, and they, they, don't, they don't know how to build anything. Well, they might be construction workers or something. But they don't know how to build a nation. So they have to bring in. They have to call in. They have to call in educators. Because in these countries education was uh, a first tool to destroy a nation education was get in the education get the minds of the kids okay that generation we're talking about they're in a battle okay and so we'll talk about them and being in that battle in just a little bit um so i won't 
rebuilding a nation, I'm just going to read here something that I have. I don't like to just read. They are rebuilding a nation and a people that have been ravaged by a ruthless enemy. When we recognize the utter depravity of our enemy, we also recognize that it will only be defeated violently and without mercy. Mercy, mercy to the people, not to the enemy. And when we have it straight, who's our enemy, we can fight forcefully and violently. Um, Matthew eleven twelve, and there's other scriptures that say this. From the days of John the Baptist, Christ was speaking. From the days of John the, ba- from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. And that's what we have to do. Let me go back to another story. Um, in Japan, there's there's a lot of a lot of history, and I love history. But even just recently, we there was the <coughs> m- memorial of the bombing of Hiroshima. And then, actually, about five days later, the bombing of Nagasaki. And history is still debating. Maybe you are still debating whether that was right or wrong. I'm not here to say whether it was right or wrong. But I am here to tell you that after Hiroshima, what did the Japanese army continue to do? They continued to fight. After the bombing of Nagasaki, that was it. They gave up, right? They continued to fight. But something happened that changed that. Now, even years later, there were little pockets, little Japanese soldiers got in those little caves and didn't hear anything. When they came out, they came out fighting. But anyhow, but how did Japan surrender? (coughs) When, um, let me ask you this, who was Japan fighting for? Do you have any idea who Japan was fighting for? Anybody? They were fighting for their God. The soldiers of Japan and all the people of Japan were fighting for their God. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't our God. It wasn't the Shinto or the Buddha. It was their emperor. At that time, it was Emperor Hirohito. He was the emperor, was their God. And so they served him, and they were fighting for him. And he was still alive, and he was still in his castle, and he was still there until General Douglas MacArthur arrived in Japan. Now, when somebody enters a nation, it's protocol, right? He, to go, he, Douglas MacArthur went to the castle to talk to the emperor, right? No, he did not. Douglas MacArthur came in, and he sent someone, and he summoned the emperor to him. The emperor had to come down. The emperor had to come out of his castle. The emperor had to walk on ground. Gods don't do that. He had to go to the, um, the victor, 
and he had to surrender. The emperor had to surrender. Guess what happened then? The army stopped fighting. They didn't have a god to fight for anymore. So when the emperor surrendered, the army of Japan gave up. So <coughs> there's, um, there's a hierarchy of, of enemies. Um, like I said, keep in mind that I'm talking about occupying land in the spirit realm. And um, so an enemy was cast down. And all who followed him are cast, were cast down. You know, when we RTF, we cast down the, the ruling um, demon, right? And all associated ones. Okay, that's taking authority. That's taking, that's taking land in our lives. So, <coughs> but America, here's the thing. Again, going back to we think we're fine. But guess what? The enemy is here. He doesn't have to manifest himself in our midst because we don't believe he's here. So we're not fighting. We're not fighting him. Okay? So we are deceived in the sense of we are not in a battle, we are not in a war. Well, here's the problem. We are in a battle, and we are in a war. Now, it doesn't matter if you look at America and you say, <coughs> um, how we got to this place. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the fact is, here we are. We are here. And now, we have to defeat the enemy so we can occupy till he returns. Now, there's a lot of ways that you can um, that you can fight. Okay? You can fight in prayer, you can fight in worship, you can fight in praise. All of those things are necessary. There are weapons of warfare that we need to learn to use. Okay? However, um, we can start now. We can start here. We can start in this place. We can start in our cars when we drive home. We can start in our homes. Some of us have done some spiritual cleansing in our homes, but I'm talking about taking it and occupying it. Whether you rent or own, papers say you are the legal occupant of that home. Now, when somebody asks you, what's your occupation? Well, they want to know. They want to know what kind of work you do, right? Okay. So those that go into Occupy, they are busy. They have things to do. Okay. They've got to clear out things. And they have to do it 24-7. I'm kind of going back a little bit, but it's something that's very important that I don't want to let slip by. They have to do, be alert 24-7 until it's fully occupied and then the others can come in. But the thing is, they can't sit around waiting to go home. 
understand what you're saying? They cannot sit around waiting to go home. Because occupying is not waiting. It's building. And we have to be about the work of building, of rebuilding our nation. So I want to give you some practical ways of, uh, of occupying, of taking back your territory. So first of all, what is your territory? What is your territory? Now, the Lord does not have to assign your home to you. I want you to take care of your home today. And, and I want you to take care of your home for the rest of the week. He does not have to assign you your home. Your home is your territory. It's yours. The devil doesn't belong in there. Okay? You get in an argument with someone in your home. That's not you. That's not him or her. That's a slippery, slimy serpent who has weaseled in to your home. Okay? Spoken words, given you words, given you thoughts, spoken your words that drive a wedge between people who love one another. Your children. If you have children that go to school, children, young adults, listen to me. Anyone who has been born again by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, has authority to take their territory. You have... You don't need any more authority. You don't need any more power to weld another weapon. Okay? We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And there's been more talk and more talk. I'm so excited about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus breaks the power of the enemy. And the name of Jesus, if you call on the name of, the, of Jesus, you will be saved. Okay? So right there, you've got your authority. Stamped, stamped, stamped and sealed. Okay? How do you like that sealing? <laughs> um, and so it only takes the blood of the lamb that's washed you and the name of Jesus who, if he is your Lord and Savior, don't let the enemy say, well, you're just saying his name. No, you're not. Jesus defeated you. If you have to go anywhere with this, with this demon, you just tell him. Jesus defeated you at the cross. He made an open show of you. You know you're defeated. You know your time is done. So don't mess with me. So in the name of Jesus, if that doesn't get you out of here, I speak the blood. I speak the blood upon the doorpost and the lintels of my home. I speak the blood of Jesus upon my bed. I speak the blood of Jesus in my shower. I'm not going to go any further in the bathroom, but when you take a shower, remind yourself, you're washed, you're washed, you're washed in the blood. So that little seven-year-old, six, five, six, seven-year-old that became born again, that says, Jesus loves me. 
And you know Jesus is in their heart. They have authority. They don't have a little Jesus. The little Je- Jesus does not have to grow up in them. They have to grow up in him. Okay, there's that. But Jesus is as powerful in you as, as he is in Billy Graham, as he is in, in whomever. Okay? Tozer. Every, you know, he's that powerful in you. So you have territory. And that little child, that little, what grade is Joshua in now? Is he in the first grade now? Yeah, Joshua. Yeah. First grade. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm I'm pretty much high school, but I've been over there, and I love those little kids, and he always says hello to me when he sees me. It's so sweet. But you know what? Joshua knows the Lord, right? Absolutely. So guess what? He has territory. That teacher, listen to me, that teacher assigned him a desk. He was placed into a classroom. He was assigned a teacher. But that desk is his territory. Now, I know that in some schools, uh, classes will move instead of teachers. The classes will move. And so some of those students come in, and they sit in other people's desks, and they mess around with those desks. Don't let your kids mess around with your, their desk. That's their territory. You need to let them know that's their territory. Okay. Our work, you, know, you have a job. God doesn't have to say, you know, your assignment for today is wherever you work. What do you work? Andrew? Colors. Okay. Andrew, tomorrow... Colors is your assignment, but not Tuesday. Tuesday, I have something else for you. I know you're going to go in and you're going to work there, but I have another assignment for you. Ah! Back the bus up. Wherever you are, whatever assignment you have been given, an employer gave you authority. He hired you or she hired you. You have a job. You have a place to go to. Now, I'm going to talk about a little bit about when you go to that place, what you need to be doing, okay? But it is your territory. You know what? You drive your car from here to Indianapolis for your job. That's your territory. That's your territory. I want to, Second Samuel, I love this. I love this. David had three mighty men. Now, if you read that, 2 Samuel 23, you just read that. You'll love it. You'll fall in love with these mighty men. (coughs) But this particular one, (coughs) he was the third. He wasn't number one. He wasn't number two. He was number three. He was David's number three man. Um, (coughs) So now after him, after the second one, was Shema, the son of Agi, a Herarite. And the Philistines were gathered into a troop. We can run over a troop and leap over walls. Is that not what the word of God says? So these Philistines were gathered into a troop, and there was what? A plot, a plot of ground 
full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. Can you keep going in that section? I just gave you, yeah. Okay, but, 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 thank you so much. But he took his stand. He did what? He took his stand in the midst of a pea patch, for crying out loud. This plot. Now, I don't know how big the plot is. I know there's a cemetery plot. It's not very big. But he took his stand in the midst of the pea patch, defended it, and struck the Philistines, and the Lord brought about. The Lord. He stood. He fought with the sword. Anybody hear what I'm saying? He fought with the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory in a pea patch. So he had nothing but a sword. He didn't have a buckler. He didn't have a shield. There's no armor bearer there. He had the sword. What does scripture tell us a sword is? The word of God. That's all he had. He was fighting for David, really. He was fighting for David. But he was fighting for, to destroy the enemy. Okay? And he took his stand and he fought until they were all gone, until they were all gone. Okay? <coughs> so we all have a little pea patch called our home apartment, the place where we live, okay. uh, the work that we go to. Um, and I've already mentioned, if something's going on <coughs> in your pea patch, you need to recognize that a serpent's gotten in. You might not at that point know the name of that particular serpent, but no serpent belongs in your pea patch. And you, we, have authority to drive it out. So we have our homes, we have our cars, we have our work, we have our schools. A lot of here, I mean, I, I moved here from Phoenix, Arizona, inner city schools, okay? Yeah, there were a lot of us Christians, but not so many. Here you're blessed. I know that I go around and there are some uh, teachers who are Christians, and, and you know them in your schools. Okay. So you need to, um, kids in your schools, you have to remember that's your assignment. That desk where you sit, that classroom that you go into, that's your assignment. around here but let's go to Joshua Joshua 1 what am I doing on time I don't I can't see the clock I think we're good right good okay is this making sense to anybody okay all right um oh here we are in Joshua 
Now, Moses died. Joshua was one of two people, one of two people that came out of Egypt that is now at the promised land alive. Moses is gone, everybody's gone. One of two people, Joshua and Caleb. Now Joshua was basically under Moses. He's mentored by Moses the whole time. It's interesting, sometimes you'll see where Moses um, went in to pray and the tent, went into the tent to pray and then when he left, it'll say, it says, and Joshua stayed. Joshua spent a lot of time in the presence of the Lord. And so he was given the task of taking this ragtag group of people into the promised land. And the Lord spoke to him this word. Every, how many? Every, every place on which the sole of your foot treads I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Just stop there. Just go back down. Because I want to say, I want to have you do something. <coughs> I want you to look at your feet. Where are they? They're here. What do you do with the feet? You tread. Wherever we are is our assignment. And wherever we are walking in our assignment, he has, he has, he has given it. Okay. He didn't give Joshua, when, he didn't give Joshua his victory when he went in and walked, when he was faithful to walk. He didn't give him the victory then. He'd already given it to him. And it was probably there 40 years before. Okay. But he had given it to them just as he spoke to Moses. Okay, And then um, four is from the wilderness. It's just, uh, it's Israel, by the way. <laughs> this is Israel, by the way. From the wilderness, from Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory, Israel. Thank you for moving along. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. Go ahead and stay here, though. I will not fail you or forsake you. I want to just say, Joshua is a form of Yeshua. Jesus' name is Yeshua. Joshua's name is the form of Yeshua. He was a shadow and type of Jesus Christ. A shadow and type. He wasn't Jesus. He was a shadow and type. So I only say that to say these words we can take. Okay, go ahead. In verse 6, so be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to your fathers to give you. Stay. I'm sorry. 
I have two dogs, people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. Is land is important to the Most High God. You know, he just gave the boundaries of Israel. And I just told you, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes ago, that he gave us America. And the scripture tells us that he makes the boundaries. He sets boundaries. He sets boundaries. And so the boundary of this nation has been infiltrated. But he swore to our fathers. Some of us can go back to the pilgrims with our heritage, but even if we can't, this land has fathers that made covenant with the Most High God for the land that they came to. We have legal right under the covenant with the Most High God we have legal right to this land. Because he gave it to us. Is there another one? Only be strong <laughs> and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, rabbis, trust me, the 613 laws that they've created... God gave Moses 10. We better be careful. Starting with that very first one. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. We get a hold of that one. We get really a hold of that one and walk in the fear of the Lord in that one. Okay. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left unless they make a law and say you have to take the Ten Commandments down. Right? Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Do we have a book that we can meditate on? This book of the law, the law, we have a book of the law. But we also have a book of the fulfilled law. Okay. Do not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have success. Notice that it's to you. If you do those things, then you're making a way for the prosperity of your family. Okay? And I know in the New Testament, there's, uh, when you come together with, um, speak to each other with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, so that, and then there's one more. <coughs> Have I not commanded you? Third time. God knew. We needed to hear this. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I think wherever is wherever. 
Am I right or am I right? Okay. Now, you know, I said <coughs> the Lord doesn't assign us our homes, they're ours. The Lord doesn't assign us our work. We go out, we get work. Hopefully we've asked the Lord where he wants us to work and trust that he makes a way for us with that job. That's our territory. We go to school. The school's our territory. We don't have to be given that. We need to take it. Now, there's taking and there's taking. Okay. Um, you don't go into school and say, you know, you don't start preaching. You don't stand on your desk. You sit in it and you study and you do your homework and you do the papers. You draw your picture. Oh, there's another one over here. Because <laughs> the word says to do all things as unto the Lord. Now, I think there's, a, I mean, let me go back to the church because judgment begins in the house of the Lord. There's too many Christians that get fired up for Jesus and they go to their work and they think their work is their pulpit. Your work is not your pulpit, you're paid to do a job. That place where you work is your territory, but you have, like we were talking this morning, you have a testimony. You have a testimony that you have to honor because that, that employer is not paying you to preach. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out demons. Paying you to do a job. You're if, if, if anybody's been doing that and they turn and they go, they get a hold of this and they go, I'm going to work as unto the Lord. They're going to say, I'm not going to be the employee of the month. I'm going to be the employee of every day. I'm going to honor my employer every day by doing the best I can. Chances are you're going to get a promotion, but stop and think about that. I'm just going to honor my position. Okay. I, you have breaks. You have lunch, you have time before, you have time after. If there's nobody there that you can share with, be careful to meditate upon the word day and night. People will see you doing that. Honor your teachers, honor God, really, honor God. It's not a matter of honoring teachers. Honor God by doing the very best work you can. No excuses. No excuses. Children, youth, people, adults. We're all people. Adults, no excuses. I'm really tired today. I'm not going to go into work. I'm just going to call in sick. Oh, but at 10 o'clock, you're out at the racetrack or wherever you go. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly got healed. Okay, Jesus healed me. Okay. All right, so I want to just quickly, no, the quickly, I don't, they told me to give a handout to you guys if I didn't, of things I didn't cover, and I'm going, I don't know what I'm not going to cover. <laughs> because if you can see me shuffling papers here, I've been in and out of this message. Um, 
But there are assignments to be given. First of all, we have to be faithful to where we are. See those feet? Remember. Remember, when your feet hit the ground and you're going to walk to the kitchen for that coffee, remember you're walking in your territory. Honor it. Okay? And other people are, are with you. Okay? So be a blessing to them. Don't, don't let the serpent in your house. Don't let the serpent in your house. Now, some may not have another born-again person as their mate. So then you have to go into covert operations. Okay? You have to. Because it's your territory. It's not half your territory. <laughs> you know, those teachers or those teenagers, sorry, teenagers, maybe not you, but teenage girls that live together, they get the tape and they draw the tape. They put the tape down. And that's your side. Don't throw your dirty shoes over on my side. This is my side. No, no, no. Okay. The home. Whoever lives in that home, you are an occupant. So you need to occupy. And if you have to occupy covertly, then you do that by love. You bring peace into your home. Well, she just gets me going, and I just, he just tells me this, and I just don't appreciate it. And I'm like, well, you know what? Read Genesis 1. That excuse didn't work. <laughs> we just simply have no excuses. Okay? Now, you're going to have to maybe find your, you're going to have to know your buttons. Remember I said you don't go to war. They're not your enemies, but you have to know, and you have to know yourself to, you know. Not, I don't think it's scripture. I think it's probably Shakespeare, to thy own self be true. But anyhow, but you have to know yourself. You have to know those buttons. So, when you, get, when you see somebody start getting ready, you know they're going to push that button. It's not a surprise. Okay? There's a lead up. There's a <coughs> or something is leading up to that button. Find a way, find a tactic, find a strategy to if you have to get out. You know, um, I just want to go outside for a little bit. Honey, it's snowing. There's three foot of snow out there. Oh, well, I just have to go out for a little bit. <laughs> no. So find your own strategy, though, but get out of the situation. If you cannot, if you cannot, you know the button's coming, and you know how you're going to respond, then you're going to have to shut down that emotion and get someplace or say something to yourself or just say, listen, just say this. Repeat after me. Honey, I'm sorry. Anybody have trouble saying that? Because you know what? Forgiving someone doesn't mean the situation's okay. It doesn't mean what they did was right. It just means I want love in this situation more than I want 
the pain of arguing or hurting. I want love more than that. And if it takes you saying, but I didn't, but if it takes you, that covert operator, saying, honey, I'm so sorry we got to this place. You know I love you. Now saying I'm so sorry we got to this place, wouldn't that be honest? Okay. <laughs> Remember, it's your pea patch. And when all of those Philistines are out there, you're going to have to harvest those peas. What are you going to harvest in your homes? I don't know where that came from. Um, there are assignments outside of our home other than what we do in our daily lives. And how do we know? How do we know what assignment God has given to me? And a lot of people, what is my purpose? That's what they're asking. What is my purpose? Why am I here? Well, you're here, number one. How well are you occupying your pea patch? Because getting out of your pea patch for your ministry isn't going to prosper your ministry. So you do have to, you have to be, you have to cherish what you have. And, and take it and then occupy it. Okay. But outside of the home then and outside of the school then, there, there are assignments given. And I just want to give a couple, of, there are assignments. First of all, let's go back. God, I'm going to wrap this back up again. Two, when the military forces come in to occupy a town or occupy a nation, and that nation has been devastated, wars are ugly. Okay. It's been devastated. The people have been devastated. Our nation, people, our nation, the people have been devastated. Our nation has been devastated. People have been ravaged. We know abortion, 60 million, and that blood is crying out in our nation. We are getting to that place, I hate to say this, where Satan is not just working quietly, having people say things, having people do things, bringing pornography into your home, you know, let's go to this movie, and all of those things. Detroit has built a satanic temple. They're having a black mass in L.A. And there's another place where they're... What I'm saying is, I'm not giving Satan any glory, but what I'm saying is, he's getting bold. Because we have accepted church. I might get down here and, and slap some of you. I'd, oh, I'm sorry. You're listening to podcasts, I just slapped myself and hit the microphone. But anyhow, 
I would be one of the first because we, 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 the church of Jesus Christ has not taken and cherished the gift that God has given to us. So we can't, we cannot expect the world to operate biblically. The, the, I heard a prophet, Kim Clement, this was, Lord, continue to heal him and restore him to Kim Clement 2.0, in Jesus' name. But there, so one of his tapes that they were showing <coughs> from a few months ago, he said, um, the Lord listens to his people. He's listening for the sound of his people. You know what, all of that other stuff? He's not listening to that. He sees it, he doesn't like it. But he's listening to the voice of his people. Is he hearing yours? Is he hearing ours? So, it, it's a whole culture that has to be rebuilt. Okay? And now I know that many of you have, have heard Lance Walno. It actually began with um, Bill, I think Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham, the Seven Mountain um, Mandate. It's actually a mandate. Thank you. Because our culture has, if, if, you, if you heal the church and we stay church, our nation is not going to be saved. Our culture must be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and our loving not our lives unto death. Now there's a whole layers and layers of teaching on that, but loving not our lives unto death is basically loving others more than ourselves not being concerned with what is going to happen when I do what's right. And that's how we overcome. But we have to overcome government. We have to overcome music. We have to overcome media. We have to overcome fashion. We have to overcome the art and film industry. We have to overcome media. Of those, all of those areas. So how can we do that? Well, remember I said at the very beginning, our nation will be redeemed from the bottom up. Okay. So guess where we have to go? We have to go where God has called us. Now, how do we know where God has called us? I'm going to give you a couple of, there's a lot of ways, there's teachings, listen to Joyce, listen to whoever, but there are a lot of teachings, but listen to these two ways that you can know. Maybe. Um, what, what do you do in your spare time? What do you like to do? What kind of, I mean, when you're, when you're in class and you're bored, I know, you're in class and you're bored, okay? You're supposed to be taking notes, but you're doodling. You're drawing. You don't feel bad. And somebody says, did, did you do that? Did you? This actually happened in my classroom. 
a student drew all over the desk. <laughs> Just hated that. Remember I was in the military with this one too long after the military, okay? But what the student drew was really a magnificent drawing. Very intricate, very detailed, amazing. The other teacher, we have co-teaching, she refused to wipe it off. Well, she was right. Somebody should have just really encouraged that person because that person is called probably into the world of art. You sing in the shower, not too bad. Start singing around the house, singing in school, somebody comes up, yeah, sing pretty good. Really? Yeah. Have you thought about getting in choir? Acting up in school. Oh, nobody does that, okay? I'm not talking to any of you in here. <laughs> Acting up in school, and you're making everybody laugh. You have a talent. It's directed in the right way. It's maybe where you're supposed to go and take some territory. Anybody ever told you you have a really good radio voice? Really? I've told people that. Listen to their voice, it's like, hey, that's a really good radio voice. Have you thought about going into radio? So you see what I'm saying? These things that we do, that we enjoy, that we're good at, think about them. Don't just say, ah, that is something I like to do. Yeah. It's something you like to do, which you like to work in something you like to do, or you want to just forget it and go get a job? Hauling wood. That's one way. You can, and, and listen, you can encourage your friends. Okay, listen to your friends. Okay, listen to the people around you. Listen to your teachers. Hopefully, although I know that there's a teacher over there that really, really, really needs to be slapped up alongside the head because... She told a student in art that she was not an artist and that she would never be an artist. <gasps> and that young girl, hope you don't know who I'm talking about, went home and she had all of these art journals. And because of what that teacher said, hurt her so bad, she threw them away, burned them up. Words are so powerful. Okay. Speak. But that's an exception. I know that there's teachers, they're really encouragers. So listen to them. Listen to... Listen to your parents. <laughs> you guys over here too. They know you, they love you, they want the best for you. And they're people, so they mess up. But listen to them, okay? So there's that. That's a way of you can find out. Um, I know we have a young lady in here. She's not here tonight. <coughs> fashion. <laughs> if that girl does not go into fashion, I need to, uh, somebody needs to slap her up alongside the head. 
because she just, I'm sorry, slapping is kind of, I'm sorry. That's violent, but the violent take it by force, okay? I mean, she just shouts fashion. But another way, this is going to sound kind of funny, but think about what you think about. For example, if you think um, about, let's just go to the education system. Uh, those council members, what are they doing? What are they thinking? Are they crazy? Somebody needs to talk to them. Somebody needs to go and tell them what they need to be doing. Really? Yeah. Somebody does. Had a, had a minister one time, he told the congregation, if you see a need, if you feel that something needs to be done, do it. It's the same with life. When we see something needs to get done and it just keeps eating at us, okay? I, we, we see things wrong, I get it, okay? We see things wrong. But if it just keeps eating on you and you keep thinking about it and maybe you start even having ideas about what could be a good idea or how things can be changing, get involved in that area. Education council, city council. If there's something here, I don't know really your governmental system here. Okay. Just go, listen, I want to tell you something. One time in Colorado, I was involved in uh, politics. Can you imagine that? And so I went to a meeting. I went to a home meeting because Colorado is a caucus state. I went to a home meeting and they I don't know, maybe there were eight of us. So they had to, they, they had to elect the delegates to the state convention. Eight people. Of course I got elected. <laughs> now I was an alternate, but I went, and guess what? All the delegates didn't show up. So, guess who was called to vote at the state convention? So I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that, oh no, you know, it's just a good old boys club. Well, you have the blood of Jesus. You have the name of the Lord. You have a commander. Commander-in-chief, higher than the one here with you. Those ideas, you're in the Word, you're praying, you're thinking, those ideas, follow them. Check with somebody, am I just crazy here? I mean, you ask somebody, <laughs> don't tell me I'm just crazy here. You ask somebody, you know, I've just been thinking about this, am I just crazy here? Or does something need, well, does something need to be done? Go do it, because I'm telling you what, there, you're not competing against 10, 12, 15 people in any political arena here, folks. You're not. And if you're called to do that, step up and do it.
Um, here's another part. <coughs> If the church is to be successful, because it's our responsibility, I, I don't know if I've convinced you or not, but it's the church's responsibility to govern this land. It's the church's responsibility to take this land, to dust it off, to polish it up, and to give it back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That master, he required that that money be given to him when he returned. And in another story we know, he required that it be multiplied. And the one that didn't multiply it cast out into darkness. Okay? So as a gift, we need to take our country, we need to take these territories where we are in these little pea patches, and then we need to go out to those places where we have concerns, where we have talents, we need to get into every, we need to get into business, need to get into medicine, we need to get into the police. Bless their hearts, Father. Just like every other service or every other area, there's bad ones. Like I told you about a bad teacher, okay? But their lives are on the line every single day for us, even here in Newcastle. So we need to honor them. But, so it's the church's responsibility, but if we're going to be successful in creating a godly culture in America, we must embrace one another in truth and in love. Because... <coughs> There is just the blood of Jesus, and there is just the name of Jesus. And in those two truths alone, we are one with one another. It, do, it doesn't matter. And nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, but we've let everything else matter. We've let everything else matter. We have to be one. Now, I'm not talking about going to church and another church or coming, you know. I'm talking about in life. Walking together. Right? Just every day. People from other religions go to your school. Work where you work. Other Christians. Why not have a conversation of love with them? You know, I, I know you... You know, you don't believe everything that I believe, but do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe we're washed by the blood of the Lamb? Yes, I believe in the blood of the Lamb. Well, let's just worship God based on his name and on his blood. Can we, can we meet, you know, maybe once a week or something and just give him the glory? Give him the glory that he saved me? He saved us. It doesn't have to be complex. It's very simple. Love one another as I have loved you. 
I just don't think. I thought a few other things, but I think the Spirit is just saying, love one another as I have loved you. Let's just make it that simple. Let's not make it complicated. Let's make where we walk simple. Let's not complicate it. Be strong and courageous, O little flock, and I will give you the land. Amen. Is there anybody in here that needs to, I don't know, anybody in here that needs to settle? That by the, by the cross, the shedding of his blood, that Jesus died for you? Is there anybody in here that needs to get that settled? Because this is the work of the church. This is the work of believers. This is the work of the body of Christ. So if there is anybody in here that just wants to talk to somebody just to get that settled. So you can take your pea patches and on from there. Somebody will be up here to talk with you. Okay? I'm clear in my spirit. Um, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that you spoke to my heart and I I thank you that tonight you've spoken to all of our hearts. And Lord, we just dedicate ourselves to you to, n- to not overcomplicate our faith, but to just know that where we stand, we stand for you and it's our assignment and we can take it, we can take it, we can take it. To your glory and to your honor, we will walk with one another in love. That's our choice and we thank you father for meeting us where we are and that you never leave us nor forsake us so wherever we walk you are with us and you give us our land in jesus name amen